This is Perfectly Not Normal, a storytelling podcast by Epi and Michaela. We are both university students with no life experience, talking as if we do have experience. We both study multimedia, so it's in our nature to create content and share it among others. Storytelling is our passion. So in each episode, we invite interesting people with interesting stories. We just wrapped up season one, so welcome to season two of Perfectly Not Normal. Welcome back to Perfectly Not Normal. We are doing something very special today. Right, Epi? Right. <laughs> so obviously, things are very different right now. We might yes. sound like we're underwater. We're we not. are. We are. Underwater. Exactly. <laughs> But that's I mean, because COVID-19 has allowed us to explore new platforms for perfectly right. not normal. You made that sound a lot better than I was going to make it sound. I tried. Thank you. I was going to um, be super negative and be like, COVID-19 <laughs> has ruined the podcast. No, Actually, we said we weren't going to stop doing the podcast. And technically, we right. haven't stopped doing the podcast. We're that's doing right. it through Zoom. And I'm excited because Zoom has allowed us to get in contact with people who are really far away. And this is going to be a great example about that. So. so honestly, COVID has helped our podcast because we're able to talk to more people. It may not be the best quality, but <laughs> quality content. So. so we have a ton of awesome guests that Ep- Epi actually knows and spent an entire summer with. And so they're going to tell you all about camp. Epi has talked about camp a lot so <laughs> yes, now she finally gets to get it all this out. This is my time to shine with the rest of my team so we can have them introduce themselves and yes. I can see everyone now. So one at a time we're gonna go their name, what they are doing right now and do not say quarantine, doing school, like something that you're doing right now like what you're studying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And seventh, their seventh favorite thing to do in quarantine. Seventh. Yeah, that's kind of like a trademark thing for us. We do that to everybody. Yes. Because it's not your first thing, it's your seventh. So it has it makes you think a lot more. Okay. Hey guys, I'm uh, Taylor Spinks. I'm from Florence, Alabama, but I'm currently a sophomore at Mississippi State University studying kinesiology. Um, right now, during quarantine, I'm working for an electrical company. And uh, I'm trying to stay out of the house as much as possible, as bad as that sounds. I promise I'm still being safe and stuff. <laughs> but uh, my seventh favorite thing to do in quarantine, uh, probably, probably like watch movies. I hate watching movies. And so that's probably way down on the list. My name's Cameron Webb. I'm a um, junior at Florida Southern College. I'm studying accounting and business administration. I live in the happiest city on earth, Orlando, Florida right by a very quiet Disney World. Um, and my seventh favorite thing to do during quarantine is probably cooking. It's not something I've really done before now, but I've taken up recently, which just shows how bored I am right now. Honestly, I relate 100% to that. Okay, uh, my name's Haley Porter. I am currently a junior at Troy University. I'm from Daphne, Alabama, which is about three hours south of here. Um, my major is elementary education. Uh, what I'm doing in quarantine, seventh thing, I guess would be coloring. Um, I really like to color. Maybe that's the teacher part of me, uh, but I never have time for it. But now I have all the time in the world. So that's what I'm doing. Hi, I'm Emma. Um, I am currently a 
sophomore junior-ish um, at Purdue Global Online, and I'm going to school for applied behavior analysis and psychology so that I can become a school counselor, which will be super fun. Um, I'm from Lexington, North Carolina, so nothing really super exciting happens in Lexington, <laughs> North Carolina, but it's all right. It's cool. Um, during this whole quarantine thing, I've also been working a lot at Chick-fil-A because, you know, we're essential, so we just work all those hours. And then uh, my seventh favorite thing to do in quarantine would probably be, if I'm being honest, I really enjoy sewing, but when I have a lot of free time, I like to sleep and eat and uh, play on my phone. And so when I'm going to be productive, then it would be sewing. So that's probably seven on my list. And last but not least. Uh, my name is Malloy. Um, I'm from Savannah, Georgia. And I am just hanging out at the house during this quarantine life. Um, the seventh favorite thing that I would probably say fishing. I usually don't fish a whole lot, but my brother has got me into it. And so, yeah, I've been fishing a lot and having fun. And I'm currently um, not in school. I have my own um, small business. Uh, it's called Shop Holidays. And um, we do T-shirts for every holiday throughout the whole year. And, uh, yeah. Nice, guys. Okay. Now that you guys all know who each person is and kind of where they're at, let's start by talking about why we started doing all of this. So like some mm -hmm. of you guys have been doing camp for more than one year. Some of you guys just did it for one year, kind of like me. So let's talk about when and why we applied. And you guys can all unmute your mics and just talk. <laughs> oh, how flattering. I have a very long story for why I applied, but I'm going to try and sum it up for you. Essentially, at my high school, we had to get like service, like volunteer hours. And naturally, I waited till the last minute to get them. And I didn't know how in the world I was going to do that. I heard that my church was hosting some weird kids camp. I said, yeah, sure. It beats mowing lawns. <laughs> so I showed up, hated the first day, loved the next four. I think that's, um, that's camp in general, though. We hate the first day, but then the rest is better. We hate a few days scattered in. Don't worry. Um, the like, Mondays are always the worst. <laughs> yeah. As long as we don't hate the last day, that's all that matters. Sure. Um, mm. Essentially, I ended up volunteering for a few more summers, and I felt very much like God's calling me to um, continue on my experience from volunteering into actually being a staffer for the entire summer, as intimidating as that sounds. Um, so I, my church does one shape men. So that's why I found out about it. And I had no intention of like doing one shape or anything like that. And so for people who have like applied and stuff, like according to deadlines, know that like you, they start hiring for camp at like October before like the following summer. So it's like crazy. People spend all year planning for it. So my boyfriend actually was going to start doing camp. And I resented him for it so bad. I was like, we're already long distance because you go to college a state away. Like, you're going to do camp all summer, too? All right. And so <laughs> I was, like, super angry about it. Could not, like, I actually, funny story, the words came out of my mouth. I literally hate when shape camps at one point when I was feeling wow. very insecure. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, after God did some serious work on my heart through all that, and I truly believe that that period of, like, me being mad about it was, like, time for me to grow as a person, like grow in like all these types of ways so anyway it hits like april it was actually leadership weekend for like the people who are already on staff 
and camp starts like mid-May. And so um, Cody was like, you should apply, just apply. And so I applied and they called me the same day that I had my interview that morning. And they were like, we would like to offer you a position in camp. And I quit my job that week and went to camp. So that's how I started doing camp. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So I did camp uh, because I did not really know what I was going to be doing my summer. Um, I had a friend that had done camp the, the summer before and we had, I had done a freshman orientation group camp thing at my school and he uh, kept bringing it up to me and kept saying, Hey, uh, why don't you apply for this camp? Why don't you apply for this camp? Why don't you apply for this camp? And I thought, no, no, I don't, that's not really my thing. You know, I just, I don't think that's what I should do. Well, one night I was over at his house. He had asked what, he just kept asking like what my email was and was asking me all these questions and stuff. And I, I couldn't understand what was going on. I was like, what, what do you need to know all this dude? And he was like, oh, you're applying for Winchate Camps. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, just, just apply and uh, see, uh, do an interview. And so I did or whatever, and I go through it. And I didn't really pay attention to anything that was going on throughout. I mean, I, I paid attention, attention to my application, and I filled it out, you know, as if I was trying to get the job. And I went through the interview process. And uh, they ended up offering me the job with Yellow Team. And I took it. Whoa, whoa. Yes, sir. And I took it. And then I got an email. I guess it would have been right around this time of year. They said, they, they said, here's your camp locations for the summer. And I looked at it and thought, whoa, my, my camp locations, I, what? And it was like all over the South. And I, I had no, I didn't even know we were going to be moving from location to location. I thought we were just you literally in came one in place. Blind. Yeah, I came in, had not looked up <laughs> anything about camp. And uh, after the first week, of camp, I realized that I was, I could, I was not in a better place. I couldn't have been anywhere else. Um, I love camp. Camp was easily my favorite thing that's ever happened. Uh, uh, you know, after the first week of camp, I knew I was doing it again. I was going to do it as long as I could. So uh, I'm just thankful for that friend that uh, pretty much applied for me without me even knowing. And uh, I'm also appreciative of the fact that I didn't know anything about camp going in, that it was all new to me. And uh, that really helped a lot. So that's awesome. Anybody else have a fun story? I kind of do. So my first year of camp in 2018, I had plans to be working at Chick-fil-A over the summer. Um, and my dad gets a call from a family friend who worked at Windshape full time and was like, hey, what's Malloy doing this summer? And he was just like, nothing. And so around April, camp Nothing. started in May, <laughs> around April, I get the call that, you know, I'm supposed to be signed up for camp and I had no clue what was going on. And I think having no clue was like better because then my world was like turned upside down um, and just like blindsided by just how awesome camp is and possibilities and the friends that you'll make. So I think being blindsided was probably for the better. What's it? What's this about being blind and going in? I did my research. I <laughs> did like Pinterest boards and stuff and asked people about it before applying. And I'm so glad I did because I kind of got ready for it. But yeah, I I, will... I applied so late, but still like I knew what I was doing after I got into it. I like emailed random people. I actually emailed someone from home office to ask a dumb question. And then I met him later in real life. And he was like, mm, that was a dumb question, but it's okay. <laughs> I was like, thanks, bud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
Yikes. I want to say that, okay, so Spinks, you're on Alpine with me, meaning we taught fourth and fifth graders. And yes, ma'am. Yes, Alpine, the best. <clears throat> debatable. And so I remember, I, I remember Very sitting outside with the team and we were sharing like what we were doing, what we thought about camp. This was like a day before we even left for our first location. And you were like kind of worried about it the most. You were like, I don't care. Like, this is stupid. I don't even know what I'm doing, whatever. And like, your attitude was so negative about it. But you ended up winning the recipe award the first week. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So the recipe award, y'all may have to help me out with this. The recipe for camp is basically they talk about it, staff churning, uh, cooking the recipe. And if y'all want to help me talk about, um, Cam, that means, that, Cam, that means un- unmuting yourself, bro. Funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the recipe stands for different things, and as a staffer, you try to embody those uh, throughout the camp day, camp week, and outside of camp. So, yeah, y'all go through and explain kind of what the recipe, kind of what those words are. It's an acronym, and so it's just recipe spelled out, but it gets a little bit like, you know, (laughs) it gets a little weird because it's like we were losing creativity or something. Acronym is generous, yeah. They definitely, (laughs) please stretch it out. Yeah, so the R is relationships. The E is equipment stewardship. The C is Christ-centered truth. The I is visual appeal. Like you have like your eye. The P, <laughs> wait, it gets, here's where it gets bad. The P is camp culture. <laughs> and then the E is everything you do should be fun E. Oh, so yikes. It gets a little squishy, but you gotta like embody all those things. Yeah. The second half's pretty rough. The second half. Yeah, gets, we, gets we rough. started off real strong, but it's yeah. Okay. At first, I was like, "This is great," and then I was like, yeah. "No." It's an acronym loosely. <laughs> and so, like each staffer, obviously, we go throughout the week, and if there's one staffer that kind of goes out of their way to meet all of those characteristics and just do their hard work to make sure that they are really cooking the recipe like we call it at the very end of the week after packing up we all get together and we start we vote on each other like which is a staff that you noticed did a really good job of cooking the recipe and we would all vote and we would all put in like a bowl and then the leadership team would like see which one had the most and they would win the button which is literally a button but it's a taylor like tell us about when you won uh when i won the recipe honestly i was I was completely like blown away um, because of the attitude that I kind of had going in. Uh, I didn't have the best attitude. I could have had a much better attitude. Um, but then as soon as I got in the camp atmosphere, I just, I felt like I was right where I needed to be. And uh, that morning, whenever at Rich Forks where we were, when they announced one of the recipe, I thought, whoa, like it was almost like a, I, I need, I didn't need that, need that. But whenever whenever they announced it and said that I had won it that week, that really was like a, a thing for me. Like, wow. Like I have a chance to be, I have a chance to be so much more than what I am. I was like, you know, I can change my attitude and be, I can have a way better experience and be way better towards these campers. And, you know, I can, I'm, I, I could do way more. And that was just more of like a, like a wake up thing. Like, Hey, be your best, you know, get rid of this attitude. You know, you wear, the Lord needs you and you're where exactly where you need to be. So uh, wherever you are, you know, my, one of my favorite things is be where your feet are. And that's where I was. And I'm just really appreciative of that week. That really boosted my summer and got me off to a great start. That was the same week that, that you came, it was like day two of camp and you came in and I was like, 
Taylor, you okay? Because fun fact, I helped him set up his skill every single morning um, where we, he like would throw arrows at the sky and yeah. see if it's going to be a good day. <laughs> That's a great if, if it landed straight in the ground, it was going to be a great day. <laughs> but That's right. he came up and I was like, Taylor, are you okay? Like, how's it going? And he was like, I left my tennis shoes at the hotel and I left my fanny pack and my Bible and all of my notes. <laughs> and I was like, well, good luck. We all had it rough the first day. The arrow bounces <laughs> off the ground into a yeah. yeah. So before we get too far into this podcast, could you guys all explain the type of camp this is? Because when I think of camp, I think of, okay, you're all going to go in the woods and you're going to stay in the same place for the entire summer. But this is like a totally, completely different type of camp. So maybe someone could talk about that. It is definitely not the stay in the woods, stay in one place kind of a camp. Uh, like Taylor said, you travel around, we go to a new place every week. Um, you basically have a camp on the go. It kind of all fits in two trucks and we travel around and you unpack the truck every week and you repack the truck every week and you just like set up camp wherever you go. And there's so many different aspects and things that go into camp, which is literally like you have to make sure everything's on that truck or something's or not going to happen. Or else die. Yeah. <laughs> so that means you guys are also all traveling around and you're all staying at hotels? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So what's that like staying in a hotel the entire summer or many, many hotels? Honestly, Bless I didn't think curse. it was that bad. It wasn't that I bad I until the microtels. <laughs> week two. That was week two. There was bugs in our volunteer director's bed. Gross. That, that was in my hometown. Like when I said there's nothing that goes on, we're not the type of town that needs a hotel because no one really comes here on purpose. But we did, so we stayed at the only scary hotel that we got. No, but in all seriousness, like, I liked living in a hotel, and we get to find out, like, who we get to room with, and, like, you know, it's every, it's different every time, and each day is different at the hotel room, even though we don't really do much, since we're always at camp, or when we are not at camp, we try to go out, or just kind of hang out with each other, you know, I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that bad. We all got to hang out. Some of us would, like, play cards in the lobby every night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we would always, like, go out to dinner, like, find something fun to do. Yeah. What was that reaction to playing cards? Maybe Nothing. there's a story behind that? Question. Next question. Oh, my gosh. All right, then. I think, you know, staying in hotels is kind of like a blessing and a curse because you do get that rare microtel experience where there's you know the cigarette smell in the halls and the, you know the bed bugs that people had to endure um and then you know every week's a new roommate so you might love the roommate you're with or you might not like the roommate you're with so it's definitely like a blessing and a curse at the same time so yeah <clears throat> sorry it's also really cool because we're living out of a trunk and so whenever I got home, I was like, oh, my gosh, why do I have all these things? Like, I was like, I've been living with, like, the same four outfits all summer. I'm fine. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I okay. got rid of so much stuff. <laughs> That's something that I didn't really do my research on because I packed a lot of clothes and I packed a lot of things that I did not need. Hmm. But I ended up at the, like, in the middle of the whole camp. I, ran, like, gave away everything that I had. I only needed the uniform that they gave us and the fanny pack, water bottle. Like, we were staying at hotels, and we had the towels, we had shampoo, we had everything, right? So, I thought it was very unique. 
living through, living out of trunks. So how many of you are returning to camp and doing it again? Uh, believe yeah, all of but me, I think. Okay, all so of us except hands, Haley. Hands don't work. <laughs> Sorry, Haley. Yeah, I realized that after I did it. Oh. Yeah, I didn't want to just be all of us yelling over each other saying me. So I was like, I'll just be quiet and let so somebody you, know. Everybody yeah. collectively is is returning. Except for except Haley. Okay. Except Sorry, Haley. Maybe I'll love it them. enough to come back. So. Hey, it's for some people, it's not for yeah. everyone. Five, yeah, I mean, and there's still time to change your mind, you know? <laughs> Honestly, you're not you're never not completely doing camp until it's staff training <laughs> oh yeah and all the people that are returning like i know that like for at least me we like have all like had to make a decision to return to camp so like you know it's not like we don't have to go to camp or we have other things like we choose to go to camp because we love it and there's there's other things that come up sometimes but you know we it's a choice so yeah and also I think all of us are coming in as leadership, except for me. You yeah, guys are all I in think, leadership. I mean, but I think, you're a media specialist, so that's a pretty cool job too. Than last year, yeah. That's yeah, I think everybody's. I think everybody on here is going to be on leadership team this year. And that's mm-hmm. really cool, Go guys. It's really cool because, like I said, we started out and we were like, "This is the worst. What's going on?" We were so, <laughs> like, out of it. And then now we're all like, "We're going to be leaders for a team," you know. Mm-hmm. the adventure is going to continue and new things are going to happen and i think that's really cool tell me about what was the hardest part about working for a camp so i the hardest part for camp for me and like going through this was hard and all but when i after i got through it i learned one of the most if not the most valuable lesson of my entire life and uh for me the hardest part about camp was really <laughs> staying awake <laughs> And, uh, you know, I would wake up and have two cups of coffee before camp started and I'd be tired and, you know, I would be miserable by, by two o'clock. Cause I mean, we were waking up at what? Four thirty, four forty-five every morning Yeah, yeah. and working Ooh. from their own, from their own. So yeah, you start get, your day running. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Literally I mean, <laughs> running yeah, down the stairs if, yeah. to make it to the vans. Yeah. If you're because they'll leave without you. sprinting through the parking lot. <laughs> uh, but no, I was, I would stay tired and I just didn't know. And one day I sat there with our camp pastor, uh, Christian. And I asked him, I said, man, I think this was week two. I said, man, what, what is going on? I said, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this all summer. I'm exhausted. You know, I feel like I'm scared of getting into a routine, just teaching this material. And basically he just looked me in the eye and said, well, how's your personal walk going? You know, how much, I know you're teaching this to kids every day, but are you, feeding yourself spiritually are you spending time in the word and getting your own personal daily quiet time and i thought and i thought no no i'm not really doing that so uh, me and him set a thing up where every every morning even though it was early 30 minutes before camp started we would go down in the lobby and read scripture together and talk and that was just huge in the fact that i was getting my own personal you know spiritual nourishment every day before going to camp and that helped me tremendously and it just kind of showed me you know I cannot do anything without, without God. I mean, there's nothing I would not have been able to get through camp, obviously without the Lord. Uh, and I would not have been able to enjoy it until I realized how important my daily walk is and grow growth in my own personal faith. And uh, so that was just the lesson that it taught me uh, was just, you know, I, I can do none of this on my own, you know, yet not I, but Christ through me kind of deal. So, yeah. That's awesome.
I'm just going to say setup was hard. Just being an Audi team (laughs) was hard. Um, Yes, it was. Yeah, Malloy and I can both say that we were both on audio, and that means we set up the lights, the sound, the whole screen, which is like the pixel screen or whatever it's called. A pixel board. Pixel flex. Oh, yeah. Yes. I hated that thing. And the mm-hmm. everything like the set, the we had to drill things, we had to construct it back into like make it look perfectly with the door and everything. All of that just took so long. And yeah, there were a lot of up and ups and downs to it. You know. But hey, great right. friendships yeah. out of it. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work. That's true. <laughs> I I definitely get on the board with Taylor on how early we have to wake up. Like that's probably the hardest thing is just this constant, you know, we do get rewarded on how fast we put up camp every morning. You know, sleeping a little later. By later, I mean like ten minutes later. But, that's a lot. You know, <laughs> ten minutes is a lot. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's definitely hard because you're working, you know, fourteen, fifteen hours a day, and you know it's just nonstop, and you're with kids, and so you've just got to constantly be feeding yourself so that your cup can overflow to the kids. Um, so, I I didn't get up thirty minutes early. I didn't warm mine in the the evening just because i'm more of a night owl um so but yeah i mean you've definitely got to keep feeding yourself to be able to mm-hmm. pour out toward the kids um yeah. also like going off of that my so i taught a skill called girl world which was incredible my favorite thing ever and i oh, would they made the best say, cookies <laughs> yeah we did oh they <laughs> made the best cookies yes it was incredible and so there was like with it was just girls only and we would like and in all of the skills, what was it called? Like a huddle or something like that? Where like yes. in the skill, you would do like a little like 10 minutes, like yeah. not even 10 minutes, maybe like five minutes of a devotional. Yeah. And the whole point is just to kind of like tell the girls in, in Girl World anyway, that like they are have so much worth, like because they were created with a purpose and like all these other things. And I think that like Malloy said about feeding yourself so that you can feed the kids is what is like it because I found like over the summer I would come across passages that were in my playbook that I was like I don't even know what this means like I'm trying to talk like explain it but I don't know it and so like I had to really spend a lot of time like teaching it to myself before I could teach any of the kids like the things that they were that I was supposed like they were asking me questions about and I was like "Mm, I don't know but it just kind of took a little bit of self-discipline to be like okay no I need to know this first and honestly, like a lot of the things that I learned at camp, like just doing that so I could teach the kids have stuck with me like through this whole year. Like there's this one verse that we came across whenever I was trying to like explain the whole like the whole how we're made in God's image. And our theme this summer for camp was that we were like that God is the rock and he's never changing and stuff like that. And I found this verse that says, for you who seek wisdom, um, look to the rock from which you've been cut and the quarry from which you've been hewn. And it's like, so like exactly the same as what we talked about over the summer. And so I told my girl, world girls that, and literally I like live by that verse every day. I'm like, look, this is it. This is what I have to remember to make it through my life. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. I mean, uh, personally, I would say that the hardest part of my summer would definitely be having to see Spinks every day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Shots fired. Pew, pew. Morning, noon, and night. Well, guess what? Yeah. Your next summer is going to be like that, too. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Um, But I actually do agree with you all. Endurance was so difficult. Not mm. from more of a, like, running a marathon standpoint, because trust me, the um, physical endurance part is absolutely present. But uh, having to be spiritually present constantly 
in being able to share the gospel and like open the Bible and talk about it in every aspect and every element of the day gets exhausting. Yeah. It gets, it's really not something I enjoy saying, but it really does get exhausting and having the campers always wanting to know the difference between Jesus and God. It's, it's tiring. (laughs) And we really do have to um, open the Bible on our own, which might not be our first instinct and kind of get our energy from him. Yeah. Haley, do you have something that was really hard? Yeah. Um, I kind of want to piggyback off of like pretty much what everyone said. Everyone talked about energy. And I guess a lot of people think about when you think of wind-shaped counselors, you think of them being like super crazy, like outgoing, like energy. But there's a bunch of introverts that go into working camp, I being one of them. I like just remember that first week. I was like, how am I going to give off all this energy, like, that I don't even show on a regular basis? Like, I'm just kind of more of a reserved person, I guess. And so it was hard getting off this totally different image to kids. But the thing is, is, like, you can still be yourself. Like, you see all these different counselors bringing in aspects of their personality and themselves but just teaching the same word that we all get. So I think that was just the hardest part was not only having to get like everyone's physically drained and everyone's emotionally drained, but you got to think about the people that are not outgoing coming in, like how much they have to give, like kind of a little bit more if it's not their normal selves having to give that type of energy and outgoing. Yeah. I didn't think about that of being an introvert and an extrovert, like how that might apply to your summer. That probably definitely changes a lot and makes it a lot more exhausting for you. 100%. It got way easier though by the end of camp. Like everyone on that team really helps each other and they see when you're struggling with something and if you need help with anything, they're all right there for you. So, which made it a lot easier. Yeah. That's That's what I was going to say about that. That even if one person isn't like outgoing or one person needs to tone it down a little bit, like everybody on the team was able to, and I'm talking about you space. I'm kidding. (laughs) And I'm saying, like, we all kind of rubbed off of each other, and we kind of were supportive about everybody on the team, you know? So we kind of helped each other out with how we dealt with camp and how we led, how we treat our quiet time, what we value about it. So that's what I really appreciated about the team. We were all able to help each other out. Tell me about, like, the difference between you guys in the very beginning of the summer and, like, the end. Like, how was that transformation? Was Would you say, like, you guys were totally different people? Like, you guys came together? Or, yeah, tell me more. I talked about this on my radio show today. Mm. I actually did. I talked about how we were all – we didn't expect – what we what just happened you know like we were at the very beginning having a team huddle we're like what is about to happen I remember being in the vans going to our first um session and all of us were just like what are we doing right now like where are we it was just so incredibly weird but at the very end we all got together one last time and we did kind of like a debrief kind of like what did you learn um your testimony a lot of people cried a lot of people were very vulnerable with themselves and it really it strengthened us spiritually as leaders um, of God and as leaders for children, as leaders for the mission that we're all part of. But it also just made us grow. It made us kind of understand who we are as leaders, understand that I can do this again. I can do this differently. And it's just kind of, you kind of pick and point what you've done differently, what you did, what worked well, what didn't. 
and you can apply it to what's happening right now. Some of us are at school, maybe leaders for some people at school. Some of us are going to do it again and they know what they can work on and they know what they already did and worked perfectly. So they're going to do it again. So I think we all just grow as leaders of all kinds for people and for, for God as well. Mm-hmm. After spending a whole summer of like sharing the gospel to kids, I've noticed that like being home, it's so much easier for me to just kind of like say something like in other moments where I wouldn't have known what to say. I'm like, Oh, this is it. This is how you communicate like with a stranger about the gospel, or this is how like, especially with kids, I think I've noticed, like I, I can sit down and have a conversation with any seven year old now. Like it's (laughs) easy peasy. (laughs) I mean, not that I couldn't do that before, but it's a lot easier now. Also camp straight up, like, is so much work, like, as far as, like, exercise work, I noticed that change was so funny, because when I went to camp, my trunk had to be under 50 pounds, and I was struggling to get that thing through the airport the first time, and then on the way home, I was like, my trunk, I'm so excited, it's only going to be, like, 40 pounds, I've lost so much stuff, and it weighed 60 pounds when I got to the airport, and I had no idea, I also had to pay a lot of money because it was way too much, but I, like, physically didn't feel the weight difference, like, I thought that it was lighter, just from, like, because we have to unpack the truck every week, so update, if you're looking for a good exercise regimen, you should just come do camp, because we we got gains. We, we got, we got swollen. Okay. Yeah. I want to know this. Are you guys all like Epi where you talk camp all the time? Yes. Is, is, do you always, is all your stories is you reference camp and anywhere you go yeah it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a band kid you know that one time at band camp it's kind of like that i feel like there's a lot that happened at camp like it's 10 weeks but so much happened that you oh, can kind mm-hmm. of apply one tiny thing that to happened anything. in your life to you anything. can reference it for anything yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's true and so that it's just very simple to talk about camp because you can relate it to anyone or anything so mm-hmm. And That's it's great. funny. It's fun to think about all those moments. Funny stories, mm-hmm. yeah. So what about favorite memories from camp? Hmm. There's only a few of them, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I have a couple favorites, but they're, like, different favorites. Like, I have one that's, like, favorite because it touches my heart. I have another favorite because it's hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. one, one time in Girl World, I had this little girl who – she told me, I asked her if she needed to use the bathroom, and she didn't. And she was like, I don't need to, I promise. And I was like, are you sure that you don't need to? And she was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she was standing up out of her chair, so I was like, hey, you need to use the bathroom? And she was also, like, eight or nine. Like, she was an older camper. And I was like, are you sure? She's like, no, I don't need to. And this little girl, I was like, okay, well, if you could sit in your chair so you could, like, make these cookies. And then she sat down in her chair and peed in her chair. I watched it happen. And I was like, fine. (laughs) And it was, okay, in the moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? But the funniest part was one of our, the best people, my favorite people on our team, Johnny, who was our production director, was in the room at the time. He... This was so funny. So this little girl stands up, and I was like, and she, as soon as she's peeing, I'm watching it, like the chair fill up with pee, and she looks at me, and she goes, Princess Emma, because that's what they call me in girl world. She goes, Princess Emma, I need to go to the bathroom. And I was like, <laughs> oh, her. No, no kidding. <laughs> and so thank goodness the bathroom was really close. So I, she, like, ran to the bathroom, and I grabbed Johnny, and I was like, 
she peed in her chair. What do we do? She peed in her chair. And he is leadership, but he was like, I, I don't know. So yeah, I looked at the room of Johnny. Johnny is in this room full of girls. And I'm out of the room halfway because I'm trying to, like, this little girl's going to the bathroom. So I'm trying to, like, figure out what to do there. And Johnny goes and he slides her chair off front of the table. And he goes and pushes it into the corner of the room. <laughs> and he added and he got another oh chair. And then she just, and then she came out of the bathroom. The little girl goes, Princess Emma, I have something to tell you. And I said, yes. Because I knew, I was like, she just, she just was going to tell me she peed in her pants. And it was the last girl of the day. There's only like 45 minutes left of camp. And she goes, you know that song we were singing earlier? I just can't get it out of my head. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And so she just went back in the room and I didn't even do anything about it. Somebody was like, you didn't like go take her to the office so she could change clothes. And I was like, there's only a few, like it was not that much longer in the camp day. I didn't want to embarrass her because clearly she didn't want to be embarrassed about it. So I was like, okay. Here we go. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so that one always makes me laugh. Anyway. Oh no. <laughs> so I uh I have kind of the same way as Emma. I have two two of my favorite memories and one's kind of more of a serious one and the other one's a little bit, you know, like uh hilarious. Um so <laughs> actually two go along with this one guy. So Malloy, if you could say hey real quick, just be like hi. Hello. <laughs> so my first favorite memory was one time Malloy let me shave his head. Oh, okay. oh my god! I don't mean y'all, y'all. I don't mean like, like cut his hair a little bit. I mean like he looked like Caillou, like yes. he was bald. I had Galaxy Campers, so I had middle schoolers, and we were in the middle of you know reading the gospel, and this Caillou theme song just begins playing. And <laughs> You're welcome. So yeah, a little like Caillou. Um, and then also one time, Malloy drank chocolate milk and Pepto Bismol like a ton of it at once. And had to miss camp the next day because he was so sick. And he was so confused as to why he didn't feel good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. True story. Yeah. But uh, my legit <laughs> favorite memory, uh, Cam was actually there. Cam, I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, we actually decided to go to McDonald's one day after camp. Oh. And uh, we get in there, and there's this – how old was he? 16-year-old, 15-year-old kid in there? 16, yeah. He was and young. he was sitting there, and he was asking us for help. It was a group of us. I'll try to make this as short as possible. But um, he was asking us for help, and, you know, he wasn't asking us for money. He wasn't asking us to buy food. He just said he needed help. And so uh, we all asked him, and he basically – what he had said is that – I don't remember the exact situation, but his mom – his uncle was very upset with him, and he, his mom, he was not in a good situation, a good home life. And uh, he was telling us that l- literally his uncle was about to come up to McDonald's and kill him. Uh, seriously, um, that he was going to come up there and shoot him. And we didn't, you know, we were kind of confused. We said, why don't you call your mom? And he called his mom and his mom was just, you know, not treating him right, cussing him up and down, telling him that his uncle was going to come up there and kill him and that blah, 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 blah. Uh, so we called Bree and stuff. And um, Bree who's, who's our director our, who's in charge of everything. Yeah. yeah. And we, yeah. we ended up, staying there that night with him and making sure that he was safe and, you know, talk to police officers and, you know, it was just crazy, you know, and then I got in the car with the van with Bree and Christian after, and we just immediately said a prayer for that kid. And, uh, you know, he was fine at this point. Uh, they, we had had everything figured out. He was, uh, he was in a lot better situation. And I just remember getting back to the hotel and talking to another guy on our team, Drew Hawkins, 
and we both just sat there and we're like, you know, it's crazy that we don't, we have no closure in that situation. You know, it's, we don't know what's going to happen with anything. And, uh, I remember me and him sat out in, my, in the hallway of the hotel, me, him and Malloy. Boy, I'm pretty sure you were out there. I was there. Too. That was me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I was ticked because y'all said that you were going to McDonald's instead of Logan's Roadhouse. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, but uh, it was just awesome to see how outside of a camp setting, you know, Winshape was able to touch someone else. And, uh, you know, we were there at the right time. And, uh, you know, the Lord was just gracious in the fact that we were the ones that happened to be there at that time. So, in hindsight, I'm glad that y'all wanted to go to McDonald's instead of Logan's. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Helping that guy. So I remember getting the group message. I think it was Bree or somebody on leadership saying, "Like, stay in your rooms, lock your doors, yes, don't go outside, don't leave hotel." Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "What is happening?" But yeah, later I found out all of that happened. I'm like, "Dang." Me and FB were rooming with Bree that week. Yeah, we were. That was a great week. <laughs> we were rooming. We watched. We watched Stranger Things. It was Fourth of the Fourth of July week. Mm. Uh-huh. Everyone week. went out to do something one of the nights, and I was so excited to watch Stranger Things that I was alone <laughs> in the hotel room, and I put on my own Stranger Things T-shirt and watched Stranger Aww. Things by myself. <laughs> I was gonna watch it with you, but I wanted to see the fireworks, and I had fun. So yeah, I'm sure you did. I mean, I'm no, you know, <laughs> his heart. <laughs> <laughs> I can say for a fact that one of my favorite camp memories, it's really hard because there are so many, but I just loved the team in general, and we were able to grow together in that kind of aspect. But because of the team, like I was able to do a lot of things that really impacted me or changed me as a person. So long story short, for example, because of the team, all of those great memories, like my favorite memories happened because of my team. Like if they weren't there, it would not be funny at all, or it would not be very impactful. One of them was actually at Bristol. And I don't know why it happened all the way all the way until Bristol. It was our sixth week, I think. And it was the first time that I did not have a volunteer. And we have, on Wednesdays, we have rock reviews, meaning we kind of try to get the best out of the kids to be like, where are they at in Christ? Do they go to church? Have they accepted Jesus into their heart? So we do that whole thing. And in, during the second time that we have Bible study with them, we see if some of them do want to accept Christ, then we talk to them or we have a volunteer or a leader who's outside in the hallways talk to them. But we didn't have anyone that, that week because Bristol was just like a very different setup. And so I knew I had to talk to him. And well, I was able to talk to him, but I told him we're going to talk tomorrow more about it because he had so many questions and I was so nervous. And so I talked to a lot of people and they're like, hey, I don't know how to do this. I've never talked to a kid about accepting Jesus. So I talked to a lot of leadership, a lot of people from um, the, like the staffers. Taylor, you were one of them because mm-hmm. I like, did it once and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so <laughs> I don't know, like just being able to change the kids' lives, even if it's just a prayer. We don't know, like Taylor said, we don't know what was going to happen with them. We're just planting seeds. But knowing that we planted that seed and we're going to know, we're going to get to see maybe one day in the future how they grew with Jesus, how Jesus was able to take that seed and make a plant out of it, you know, make something really beautiful. And so I think, yeah, the staffers really helped out in making the best memories when it comes to spiritually. And obviously a lot of really funny stuff happened. (laughs) I feel like both of the memories that keep like going on in my head are both embarrassing. Um, We were actually 
I just wanted to bring like a funny aspect to this really quick, but um, we were in Bristol and this campus, we were on like a university campus and this campus was like super hilly, like lots of steps, lots of hills. Um, but our host family who was like in charge of Windshape at that specific church um, had like this cart, like not a golf cart. It was more like, it's like a four wheel. It's a gator. It's called oh. a gator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> but there was like, they let us use it while we were setting up and throughout the week. Mistake. Yeah. Yeah. But there was this huge hill that <laughs> like the, like the base of camp was down at the bottom of the hill and all yeah. of our skills and team times was at the top of the hill. And there was this lots of stairs you could take up to the top of the hill or you could just kind of go up the way we did. But um, I think it was Spinks and a couple other boys had actually ridden it before and they drove up the hill fine apparently. I wasn't there to see it but we were dropping something off at my skill and I was like well I want to drive it and so I get in. I don't even remember who's there. There's like a couple people in the back I was driving, I want to say Sphinx was in the passenger seat or whatever. I was. <laughs> and we were driving up this hill, and all of a sudden, it just stops. The gator <laughs> stops, and I start freaking out, because I don't know whether to keep going up. I was like, if I turn, I'm scared this thing is going to flip. And so, I literally am just standing there with my foot on the brake, and then everyone starts jumping out of the car, <laughs> leaving me to deal with it by myself. They literally start retreating, and there's people on the stairs that are just watching me, in pain trying to figure this out by myself Sphinx jumps out and then i think he eventually gets back in after i beg him to take the driver's seat i <laughs> never drove that thing again but it's just uh, kind of funny like there's a lot of kid embarrassing stories and camper embarrassing stories but there's also counselor embarrassing stories as well how did it end i got out of it i pulled on the emergency brake and I let Spinks drive it because I said, I'm not doing this ever again. I'm not driving up this hill or I would have gone backwards. Was this during setup? Yeah. Do you remember what happened? Tear down? Were you no. there? Tear down? I don't know who it was, but I remember it was me, Andrea, and a bunch of girls. I think it was only girls who were on that gator. And we did the same thing. We're like, let's just go faster. Let's go up the hill. I think Taylor B was driving. And oh. <laughs> first mistake. <laughs> We start driving, and I'm like, things are good, and then it does the same thing. It just stops, and it starts yeah. rolling backwards, and we're all screaming. It's terrifying. We are at the top. Like, we're in the middle of the hill, and we're going down, and we're all screaming. We're all like, this is the end. This is it. And you can see at the very top of the hill, it's true. I think it was um, Taylor and, like, some they other They sat there and staring. They're just staring, <laughs> like, what, what's happening? And we're all like, we're going to die. <laughs> So bad memories of that gator, but it was so much fun. So <laughs> we didn't always have a gator. <laughs> yeah, it was that, true. That, that was the last time we got a gator. Yeah, <laughs> I think it broke midweek, and no one could use it. Honestly, That's right. Me and Karis went back to the farm um, at the Pollard's house, and when I tell you, so they have um, they have four girl or three girls and one boy, and they're all like aged from like seven to like thirteen or fourteen. And the nine-year-old drove me and Karis on the gator all through their fields. I literally have never feared for my life more. <laughs> it was insane. So that thing's still kicking somewhere. At that farm, Taylor got bucked off oh my the horse. So they had these beautiful, beautiful, massive horses on their farm. and we're like, They were like 20 um, feet tall. And it was like pouring rain. And we're like, you know what? 
we don't have anything to do. Let's try and ride the horses. That's how, like, the cowboys did it, no saddle or anything. <laughs> so after a lot of going back and forth, Taylor somehow opts into jumping on the horse first. I forget how exactly it went for you, but it went well. Oh, like we know his personality. You talked me into jumping on the other one, <laughs> and we didn't like go anywhere crazy or anything. It wasn't like a Wild West movie, but there was this massive horse, you know, like the Alpha. And naturally, Taylor decided, "I want to ride the Alpha." <laughs> and the Alpha decided he didn't want to be ridden by Taylor and proceeded to buck him up. <laughs> yeah, totally bucked off his horse. He, he like, went on full survival mode. Like, <laughs> It took off. And then later, the owners drive by and laugh. And we're like, what's funny? Like, you can't do this? And they're like, those horses have never been ridden before. <laughs> like, oh, that was so, it was so funny. Um, so, this is... Basically, before camp even started, um, we're at staff training, and my eyes were starting to itch late one night. (laughs) And, I mean, like, they were really itching. And I was just like, I'll take, you know, some medicine and go to sleep, like a normal person might do. I wake up the next morning, and I was rooming with this guy named Drew. And Drew, I told Drew, I was like, hey, do my eyes look bad? And Drew was like, they're okay. Like, they're not terrible. And I go and look in the mirror. And I'm like, holy cow. My eyes were like, they were awful. They were, they were swollen, <laughs> they like, were almost so shut. Bad. It was so bad. <laughs> I still have a picture. Also, and it was picture day. It was staff picture day. It was staff picture day. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, you know, trying to hide my eyes from everybody. I go to the camp nurse, and he's like, Oh my goodness! And he hands me like two Benadryls. I'm only used to taking one, and I'm like, "Oh, that's that means it's really bad. This is a bad situation." And so yeah, I'm like trying to hide my eyes, and then by lunchtime, the Benadryls had popped in, and I was like, barely could keep my head, you know, awake. And I was go to our director, Bree, and I was like, "Hey, can I go and like snooze for an hour?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's fine." So I, that was that was rough, rough. <laughs> I remember Allergies. you had sunglasses on for the longest time until it was time to take pictures. And you take them off and we're like, holy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> were, were you having like an allergic reaction? Were they just so, really red? What, what? It turns, out, yeah. turns out God has blessed me with the allergicness to every grass he created. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm allergic to every grass. Mm. Some more than others, but grounds of Barry College has the worst. So. Well, good thing to learn for the future, I guess. Any other funny memories or anything else? Anything that you guys want to say about camp? Yeah. Try it out. Mm-hmm. Apply. It was a blast. Give it a chance. It really is. Life-changing. Mm-hmm. Funny. I was going to say, like, about Cameron, like, I totally didn't think that I was ever going to do camp because I volunteered, like Cameron was saying at the beginning, I volunteered for six years at my church and never thought that I would ever work camp. But now doing it, it was so rewarding and something that you should never think that you can't do just because of the aspects of camp. I think you should definitely try it out and see how it changes your life for sure. 
That's cool. I think like the lifelong friends that you make Mm -hmm. is just so like amazing. And God has placed so many friends in my life that I'm so thankful for and so blessed to know. And I think that if you are thinking about doing camp or like ever want to do camp, like it's, it's going to be worth it because you're going to make friends and you know, friends are awesome. And yeah, so I encourage you to do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, camp really for me, once, uh, it, you know, it, it really helped me personally a lot. Uh, once camp was over, you know, I developed a routine of a quiet time and, you know, I'm a lot more diligent about that and spending time in prayer and, uh, just, you know, seeing things completely differently. And, uh, camp has honestly, honestly been one of the most influential things in my life. So uh, I'm just super grateful for it. Yeah, it has totally changed my life, like 100%. I am not, I still am not where I thought I was going to be one year ago today, because one year ago today, I still didn't know that I was even going to be doing camp, like this next, like for that summer. But it, yeah, totally. And just like, I have some, my church does Windshape, and a lot of people at Windshape, or I mean, like who volunteer are like, yeah, but I don't know how you keep the energy up. I don't know how you do it all summer. And like, whenever we're doing it, like we talked about at the very beginning, like the Lord gives you the energy to get through it. Like it really, mm-hmm. and there really is no does. other, like I, <laughs> it's about halfway through and I went on a road trip right at the end of camp, like after it was all over and I slept in the car for five hours straight for, for the road trip. So I was exhausted, but like, I just like after camp, I slept for days and days, but during <laughs> camp in the middle of a camp day, not even that bad. Like you're just kind of like, okay, cool. We move to the next thing. We stay, we do all the dances during the day. Like there's no, it just, yeah, the Lord gives you the energy to keep going. And that's what I would say to anybody who wants to do camp and doesn't think that they have like the capacity for it. Like you, you, you develop the capacity. <laughs> I will say those auditorium sessions when we had worship, were great times to take a nap. <laughs> oh, Epi, gosh, you're horrible. <laughs> hey, we're not supposed to do that. Being, perks of being backstage. Oh, oh yeah, perks of being an actor. I was snoozing. Yeah. Yes, yes, you <laughs> were. Every day, perks of every being day. A Galaxy Village leader, you're snoozing. Every day I went back there before uh, the closing ceremony thing. You were always just deceased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was well, camp. And, like, we only reached the surface. There's so much that we can talk about. Yeah, but I appreciate you guys all sharing everything and being real. Because for someone who's never done camp, it's been really cool to hear all your stories and just, like, get an insider view. Before we wrap up, I want to know, is there any camp songs that you guys want to share with us? No. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think she's talking about Honey Body because I I taught her that day. Oh, oh, no, that one. Oh, yeah. oh, Are you talking about Honey Body, Michaela? I think so. I think whatever oh, you yeah, taught me, I don't know. Body. It's really how how do we even oh, teach a dance through a podcast? You can't do that. You have to do the. You, you guys like I love how that video. whole song starts out like it's gonna be an orchestra and then it just like turns <laughs> into this turns like, little like <laughs> bop <laughs> and be like three two one go everyone listening is like what.
Well, thank you guys all for joining us. We really appreciate that you took time to share your stories and be honest and be open because I personally learned so much. And I honestly had a change of heart with camp. I (laughs) never in my life was I ever someone who liked camp because you see, we went, I would go on retreats for school and we'd like go on like two day retreats to like some camp in the woods. And I was like, I hate camp. I'm never going to do camp. Like camp's awful. Like I'm not the outdoorsy person. And so this was honestly really refreshing and it makes me sad that I missed out on camp. I'm really glad that you kind of had a change of heart because I know you always judged me about talking about camp and you're like, you're always talking about how great it is or the fun stuff. Be like, it's impossible to not to because it literally life changing. Just like everybody said on the podcast, like you come out as a different person. And yeah. that is so true. And like, you can't just ignore that, you know? So yeah. camp life, camp stop, won't stop. That's awesome. <laughs> Follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Please go give us a like and a follow. I guess all we have to say is bye for bye now. Bye for now.